0: Today's guest on episode two of season five of the Simplify Multiply Show is Dr. David Rice of Ignite DDS, and we're going to have a great chat about how creativity transforms your business.
1: If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur.
0: Hey there, solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. welcome david how are you today
2: i am excellent how are you terry
0: i'm doing good i'm so glad to have you on the simplify and multiply show because this is all about the season's all about uh, transforming your business through creativity and using creativity more to innovate and come up with aspects around your business that Just create whole new products, services, uh, you know, advocacy, everything that you can just bring that much more to your audience, to your clients, and also make it more rewarding to you. And I'm super excited about this season and really glad that you're here because I want my listener to pay particular attention to David and how he explains this very unique business model that he's created. So David, what I'd love for you to do is just kind of start unpacking what your business is uh, as you are the founder of the nation's largest student and new dentist community, which is Ignite DDS. And you know how you're, you're traveling the world, you're speaking, you're writing, and you're really bringing these young dentists together to not only have success in their own business, but also to create ripples that go out into the industry and start to transform the industry. <laughs> and so let's, let's. I'm just gonna let you kind of roll with it and I'll jump in as I have questions, but I just think that your whole story is so fabulous. So go ahead and, and dive in.
2: Awesome, so I will, you know, a little background about me. I'm a teacher at heart, although I've been a clinical dentist for 25 years in a private practice setting. And with that, I taught part-time at Buffalo's Dental School about a day a week. So I met a lot of students over the first decade of my career. And, um, eight years ago, I guess we saw this gap in dentistry as a profession. It's very siloed and it had been that way, you know, the, the better part of my first decade in the profession. We clearly weren't making any changes, um, either locally, regionally, nationally, internationally. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool, instead of just teaching at Buffalo's Dental School, to try to build a community of students and young dentists all over the US. So we, we, we formed a small group in Buffalo. We had six of us over lunch one day, and we grew to 10 people at dinner, and over the course of a semester for this particular school, we grew to over three hundred students wow. having dinner once a month, talking about everything that could be in dentistry that isn't. And ironically, um, their their pains were my pains from when I graduated back in, in ninety four. So
0: interesting. It's almost like a support group in a lot of ways, but you were, you were providing more than support. You were providing, you were creating the space for community, but you were also providing solution.
2: We were, you know, we, we the good news of experience is, um, you know, I could see their future for them. And it was really important for us with this core, you know, beginning group to know that we were all in this thing together. You know, my job wasn't to be um, Ignite. My job, like you said, was maybe throw the first stone, create Mm -hmm. the first ripple, and then to be able to hand buckets of stones to all these other young dentists and students so they could join in this process. And Ignite quickly became theirs. And I think Mm. that's the aspect of community that's really helped launch us to where we are today.
0: But it still needs a spearhead and it still needs direction. And that's what you're still out there as a strong voice, as a pseudo leader, if you will, who is helping guide them along the way, you know, to help them give to give them some structure so it doesn't just become this long diatribe of complaining and oh, woe is me with my debt from, you know, school and, and all the things that make. Going into dentistry today, so challenging.
2: No, absolutely. I think you know how I always approached it was we we can't really win at the existing game. It's the game needed to be changed. So my job um, as you know as their leader really is to show them opportunity, and you know get out with boots on the ground, hop on planes, and work with small groups um, at all sixty-five dental schools which has been a a labor of love. It's been a ton of fun. And then from there, you know, we grew graduates. So eight years Mm -hmm. later, you know, we have 40,000 young dentists and dental students who network together live every single week in different parts of the country um, online and then socially too, you know, everybody's playing um, in different social arenas. So we try to bring our community to our audience and to to them, where they're already hanging out, and you know, in return, they they let us take them by the hand and and bring them to a better place where we can help educate them.
0: Can you give some specific examples of how your uh, efforts and the community has rolled out support for a specific new student or dentist or what have you, where this has really been a game changer for them?
2: Sure. I think um, you know, on a personal note, one-to-one level, I just this was maybe three weeks ago, right before the uh, the holidays. I ran into a now young dentist I had met six years ago, and he approached me at a trade show in New York City, and he goes into his wallet and he pulls out a business card that I had given him. And my cards are um, they're like stainless steel. They're a little funky, a little trendy. And he had this big smile. He said, whenever life's gotten really hard for me, I remembered when you came to our school, he was from Birmingham, Alabama originally. And I remember the lessons about vision. I remember the lessons about um, I'm in control. I have to create my own inner circle. I have to remove all the noise and filter and focus. And whenever life got tough, I pulled the card out. And it just reminded me of that day and reminded me that if you could do it and other people could, then why couldn't I too? I thought it was so cool.
0: Oh my god that almost brought tears in my eyes just the That's emotion fine. around that you know just on that simple impact that you had as a professor you know working with them and and being that inspiration through uh, the community work that that you've done just kind of what you're a stand for and when you look at a, a dentist who's out of school and starting their practice or going into a practice with another dentist what are some of the challenges that they face? Because I think what's really unique is you know the industry, what you know, what's required, what it is to be in business as a dentist, et cetera. And like you you mentioned earlier about, you know, you were you know, you could see yourself and them coming out of school and so many things have not changed. And you get like their pain and what they're struggling with and suffering with. And so when you're looking at that, what are some of the things that you're coaching them around, for example, when they're just getting started in business that is inspiring their creativity or helping them see that you know, there's a light at the end of a tunnel and it's not an oncoming train? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, some of, some of the problems they have, they have massive student debt. You know, the average mm-hmm. dental student rolls out of school with over $300,000 in debt. Oof. It's crazy. Um, you know, much like the business world uh, elsewhere, the Amazoning of healthcare,
0: mm-hmm. it's a
2: real thing. So they're walking into a space where corporate America has largely um, bit into that, you know, pie of dentistry and, and they have to figure out with $300,000 of debt, am I gonna to go to work for somebody or do I get to live my dream, which is to um, you know, be a solopreneur of sorts mm-hmm. or to work in a small group with other dentists? Um, those are the two biggest issues they face that we have to help them overcome.
0: So what are some of the things that they look at as they're making those decisions?
2: Um, so you know what, first, survival. They're they're trying to figure out can I pay my bills? You know I'm coming out of school. Maybe I'm married. Maybe I would like to be married. Um, they don't own anything yet, but they sure would like to because they're in their mid to late twenties, by and large. Some some early thirties, and um, we have to help show them how to manage that process because the formula they're getting inside of the four walls of of um, the ivory tower. Um, are people who don't have experience in the business world. So they're getting Mm. the wrong lessons in their formal education. We have to sort of um, unwind those lessons and rewind new ones.
0: Yeah, interesting. I think that's true in a lot of education, academic environments, that the things I, I know just in marketing and business development, the things that they teach in like a marketing major in a university is you hit the ground and you learn, you might learn like, oh, you need X, Y, Z tactics or whatever. But when you're out in the real world doing business, it's completely different and you kind of have to figure it out as you go along. And a lot of people struggle with that because they come out and they have these nice degrees and of course all the debt and they go and they do what they learn in school, not to diss the Mm -hmm. academic, you know, role um, it is a challenge. And I love the schools uh, that are bringing, and this is where I see your biggest value, too. Is I love the schools that are bringing in the outside world for those reality checks. And not just through like internships and the, the traditional stuff, but like really getting the students involved in the business world in such a way where they don't have that shock factor when they enter into the marketplace and they're realizing, oh, this is how it is, because there's so much politics. There's so much, uh, you know, uh, nepotism and all cronyism, (laughs) all these weird words. But it's the reality of the relationships that are in business that people kind of encounter that they think, in a protected environment of the, the academic world is not really at play in in the way it is in the in the, the business world.
2: I totally agree. So I think you know one of the I think one of the most creative things we've done is we've helped this new generation take an inherent strength. For example, just like social media, they you know they they play on Instagram all day, every day for fun. So we've showed them how to leverage that to build a business, to drive patient flow. And then as a result, as we grew their communities and and inherently grew Ignite, then Organized Dentistry kind of had to stand up and say, what are you doing differently? Because we can't get young people to come to all these conferences that we host. So we show them how we host virtual conferences online and socially, and we bring kind of the old guard to the new guard. And then we can show the new guard why, you know, why they still need the old lesson and the experience as well.
0: Yeah, that's really I was actually going to get into that because two two parts of that question or what you just said that I have questions about. One is how many of the, quote unquote, old guard or maybe older generation, like I'm a baby boomer. OK, so you've got baby boomers out there who've been practicing for decades, some of them. And are getting close to retirement or, you know, maybe in that point where they've got maybe another 10 years or whatever, how many of them are raising their hand out of curiosity and interest in what you're doing to see how they can gain value from uh, what you're what you're doing with this younger generation?
2: You know, very thankfully, after a few years of you know beating my head against the wall, um, almost all of them. So the American Dental Association, the Academy of General Dentistry, they're sort of goliaths in our industry who used to be the unifiers of our profession. And they, over the last probably five, six years, have lost tremendous market share. And the danger in dentistry is there's a tipping point just like medicine saw. And if we fall below 70% market share, then dentistry becomes medicine and medicine in America today is broken. Uh, yeah. for our patients and our healthcare providers. providers. So, interesting. Yeah. I never looked
0: at it that way. Really mm-hmm. interesting.
2: It's Yeah, you lose all the lobbying power and then all of a sudden you're in big trouble. So what's really cool is we've invited those um, folks to come to our live events. We've invited them to join us with our virtual events. We try to highlight and spotlight them to show our, our millennial generation why those people have so much to give if they just look past, whether they're a Gen X, a boomer, a traditionalist, they look past the number and they see the value in them just like they're hoping that those people see the value in, in themselves as a younger generation.
0: See, I think when you create a context, and this is what I so admire about what you've done here, is that when you've created a context for understanding and connection, uh, not only from, like you were saying, the old guard and the new guard kind of thing, but like the the mindset of how business has been done, like through the ADA and the other organization, and letting them know that it's not us versus you. It's we're here to help, and, you know, we got to unify. And by creating that space, that conversation where that unification can happen – is a rare thing and it takes great commitment and vision on your part and your team's part in order to set the standard for that. And what has that challenge been like for you? I mean, you said earlier about beating your head against the wall, (laughs) wanting to get, you know, just put me in front of the ADA board and let me just have 15 minutes.
2: (laughs) It's, it's, um, It's shocking because if you look at the ADA and I'm sure this is similar in every profession, So the ADA is largely composed of, of, um, I'm going to say, white male baby boomers, Mm -hmm. which is not today's new dentist in any way, shape, or form, very thankfully. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, likes like likes. So birds of a feather, they keep attracting the same person over and over and over again. And they keep watching the train wreck in front of them. Um, So it's it's taken a lot of work to show them that when they host an event and they can bring in 50 young dentists, we can host one down the street and bring in 500 young dentists, hmm. that there's a benefit for us all to sit down at the same table and like you said, share a conversation instead of mm-hmm. pointing fingers at one another or being afraid.
0: And, yeah, and you make it fun. And that's what I think is, has been missing from a lot of this, uh, in, in, like you were saying, any industry. Because, I mean, having getting together with a bunch of people, having, you know, cocktails, food, in a casual non-work setting, is that's just fun. Is Who it? doesn't wanna hang out and like talk shop in that type of a setting versus, you know, the Marriott in Orlando, <laughs> you know, with no windows in the room and this, you know, all these speakers everywhere and seats that are all lined up, it's like so institutional and that's what i love about the things that you're doing is you're being very creative in not just responding to what i guess that particular new guard or these new dentists or these younger folks that are coming into the industry are really oriented toward or the environments they're most most comfortable in but you're also looking at bringing some freshness in and just really looking at things differently so how has that when you, because I'm gonna keep bringing you back to the whole creativity yeah. and what's been going on in your head about addressing these problems using uh, creativity.
2: So I, I love that. You know, this is the age of Amazon Prime and Netflix. So from a creative standpoint, to to your point, you know, our venues are upbeat, our event title you know, our most popular event today is network and chill, and it's love it. You know, it's we have to be speaking the language. Of our community, or we don't stand a chance. So we hold our events at cool microbrews or distilleries or just places that are out of the box. And you know, the old guard worries that there's no structure. People are there to drink, but what you find is when you put people in a comfortable place and you speak their language and you start to treat them the way they want to be treated instead of the way mm-hmm. I want to be treated. Yep. Um, then, then everybody's creative juices flow, and people start mm-hmm. having like really deep, trusting conversations that they're unwilling to have with other groups and other people and we really get to the core of what they want and what they need and what they're afraid of and then we have this huge opportunity to help because there's lots of people who maybe know how to solve the problem but there aren't Mm. many people who understand how to unlock that trust and get people
1: Mm. to talk about the problem. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment.
0: I challenge you to be more creative in your business, to innovate, to simplify. But if you're thinking, I'm not creative, or I don't have time to brainstorm ideas, or even my business is just fine the way it is. Well, I'm gonna challenge those assumptions because they will kill your profitability. They're all stories and excuses preventing your business from being better, from running smarter, from being more satisfying and fulfilling for you. Wouldn't it be great if your brand, products, and processes were able to do more, to resonate with your target clients more effectively, to be a more personal experience for existing clients? To become relevant again instead of stale and dated? Yeah, I thought so. So if you'd like to pump some vitality back into your business using creativity, innovation, and simplification, book a free creativity call with me by visiting pappychat.com. Give your business the battery jump it needs to provide more stability and profitability. Get your free creativity call on the calendar now by visiting pappychat.com. Let's you and I brainstorm something amazing for you and your business. Yeah. And because I love everything you just shared and it's like you're creating, like I said earlier, a context. And that context is is a it's like a juxtaposition of the typical business type of setting, you know, where it's appropriate and, you know, expected, so to speak. And. What I think is remarkable is, and I I want to point this out to my listener, is I want, as David is sharing this, what I really want you to listen for is how you can take what he's doing with this community, with with these events, and every little aspect of what he's saying, how can you translate that into your business and your audience? And how can you imagine new ways of bringing your people together. Like it's becoming very popular for solopreneurs to create their own events now and to bring in clientele, but they're not doing it at the level you're doing it. They're not doing it at a create a a groundswell movement, so to speak. Um, Not that they should, but there's an opportunity there and a different way to look at what you know, what they're doing or or what you're doing in such a way that can actually make these big ripples. I mean, look at me with this podcast. I'm all about supporting and encouraging and inspiring solopreneurs to be successful because being a solopreneur sucks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very lonely. Uh, you know, there's everything's a one off and you have to work really, really hard just to make a good living. The opportunities are limitless obviously which is why a lot of us get into it because we want the freedom and flexibility but my goal is to be that voice of inspiration and commitment to that solopreneur who wants to grow their business who wants to make it work and create a lifestyle of of what they've always dreamed of and i believe that's like a mini movement. (laughs) It's nowhere near the scale of what you're doing, but that's how I view it. And so I invite the listener to view their world and what they're doing uh, in the same way, you know, from the standpoint of how can I create these ripples? How can I create an opportunity to bring people together where they have a context of intimacy, where they can share things without feeling that they're competing with one another. And I think that you've done a beautiful job in creating that. So I wanna kind of switch gears a little bit and bring it kind of closer into what you're doing in your business. And talk about how you're using creativity and innovation in your particular practice. Ooh,
2: let's see. And my practice, I guess, is a microcosm of what we try to teach. Um, technology mm-hmm. is is big. Um, is big for us. And and I think as far as our business, a lot of our creativity is is exactly what you said. And it and it does combine old and new schools. So. I would rather have a lot of mini movements. I'd have, I'd rather, mm. I prefer to have multiple mini movements than I would to have one big project that flows forward. I think it's it's really easy for us as solopreneurs to get lost in this giant vision that we have, and we're supposed to see the oh, world yeah. ten years in advance. But you know, I have an opportunity in a in a dental practice where I have three thousand patients, which you know isn't that big in the grand scheme of things, but mm-hmm. within that three thousand. There are lots of small movements of people who operate in different spaces. And mm-hmm. if I can go into each one of their spaces and engage them, um, you know, we do simple things, but again, they're out of the box. We, we host little networking events at our practice, and we target not only our top 20% patient, but we target small groups of 10 of those top 20% patients that we know can augment each other's businesses. We become the super connector, and if we do that ten times a year with ten different, um, you know, mini movements within our practice, then everywhere somebody from our practice goes, um, you know, any restaurant, any business, we're we're always sort of a go-to person that links people together. I think that's a really powerful position
0: hmm. Definitely. I'm sure if you did the uh, Steve Cochran's five voices assessment, you'd be a connector. <laughs> for sure. I for sure. On that. It's so much Yeah. Fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, you did tell me you were a high eye, which is all about communication. Oh, yeah. You know, both, you know, orally and written as well as intuitively. So you are definitely in your wheelhouse if you're a high eye on the disc profile. <laughs> <laughs> in video. Oh, sure.
2: Everybody knows video is king, but. What, you know, what are you doing in your business that really is niched? You know, don't go creating random video. What, what is really, really niche that truly separates you? And that is out of the box. Our videos are very YouTube style driven. They're fun. They connect a life lesson to a dental lesson in a cool, hip, trendy spot. You know, it'll be useless in five years, but I don't really need it to be useful in five years. <laughs> I'll be creating new content then.
0: It'll be useless in five years. But that's when you get enough views.
2: That's it. That's how
0: long it takes. I had a bunch of videos that I posted like in 2013. And I'm like, I went in there and, and checked uh, uh you know, I, I didn't, I kind of abandoned it, right? And I went in and I checked the channel. I'm like, oh, I got all these views because well, it's, it's been online for like 10 years.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, don't you think like, I think so many people, they, they measure their their social success by um, how many people like something or, or, mm. or how many people viewed it. And at the end of the day, I think today it's about engagement. I don't care if yeah. anyone oh, likes it, but if someone's having a conversation around it, then Mm. I then we won. And if I have to create a new conversation every two months.
0: Right. And that's why all the algorithms inside these social worlds are oriented toward uh, rewarding you for the engagement, you know, like Facebook Live and just the things that are going on in these social channels. It's remarkable. Uh, The one I mean, they're meant to be two way. They're meant to be two way. Mm -hmm. So but yet so much of our medium is one way where we're basically producing a piece of content, posting it, and then someone consumes it Mm -hmm. as opposed to like you and I are having a a two-way conversation right now live. (laughs) And that's very different. And I think more and more socially, uh, we're going to see the technology bring us up where we can have that uh, engagement. I mean, look at Zoom as a a great way to deliver not only a, a, a meeting visually live with engagement, but you can give a virtual conference with breakout rooms and things like that. So we're going to see more and more of that uh, for that very reason of engagement. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's
2: funny you say that, too. So our core, our core team for Ignite, the first time we ran a Zoom meeting, you know, being a, you know, a, a Gen Xer but getting close to the boomer, um, my thought was we're going to have this great call and i pop on my computer and i see you know 20 different images of people ready and willing to go like without this interaction that we have it's just not authentic to you know today's consumer um, yeah. in most spaces so it's powerful to get out there. It's
0: very powerful. And that's what I was commenting earlier. And when I use the word context, you're creating context within a conversation. So the distinctions that are created through that conversation help the context evolve and everyone gets something out of it, but it's all created organically on the spot, just like these interviews I do on this podcast. I mean, I I don't really have an agenda other than to stay on track with my season's theme and make sure that I'm pulling as much value from you for my listener out as possible. But other than that, it's like, we're just riffing and rolling (laughs) and we're creating this together in our conversation. And um, I think that that's what's a real gem about that that live interaction, that live engagement that you're doing at your events, that we can do in these live, you know conversations on Zoom, et cetera, um, that's that's so important. And I think that's really where uh, business is demanding that we provide that human experience. We bring in that empathy, we create the context for intimacy. so those types of things can actually occur and people can evolve and grow and help one another. because at the end of the day that's really what we're after. We're just after feeling better and we want to be able to be of service to others.
2: I love that. and you just reminded me of um, one of the creative things we like to do at our events. So these networking chills are, you know they're networking, of course, but there's there's continuing education. there's a lesson that we teach at each one of them, in the last half a dozen that we've done, I literally go in with a presentation I could give. And what I've really worked hard on is engaging the audience and having maybe a semi-scripted first three minutes with the goal of never pulling the presentation up and having an open conversation with 50, 100, 200 people for two hours. And I, I I would charge every speaker out there, if you want to blow an audience away, don't bring one slide and learn yeah. how to have a conversation with your audience and pass a microphone around. It'll change your game.
0: Absolutely. Oh, my God. For any speakers, and I work with a lot of professional speakers please make a note of that and i stopped when i was doing um keynote speaking years and years ago i don't do it anymore i like to lead workshops and do training and i i can't remember the last time i even like opened powerpoint or <laughs> keynote or any of that stuff for me it's crippling you know i i love the audience interaction i always run like town hall style and I like having that back and forth because that feeds me and then I get intuitive hits and then I can give them something that I believe is going to be appropriate for that situation. But I can't invent that myself. Myself, excuse me. It's all about that dynamic that I have with that person or group that I'm interacting with. And I get so much more value out of that and so does the audience. So yes, I am with you on that.
2: Yeah, I love that. Are you, get, when you When you build that, That relationship with a couple hundred people like you can get raw and people like they they want to know our struggles you know Mm -hmm. you you mentioned it earlier as a guide like my if I if if we were doing a Star Wars movie my job isn't to be the hero my jobs to be the little green guy who you know teaches the hero how to go out there and save the world
0: that's right exactly it is our job as guides Mm -hmm. and you know it's really it's so cool to have for me it's it's more valuable for me to have a client of mine or someone i'm having an engagement with the conversation with when they have a breakthrough that aha moment i mean that right there just makes me feel like i'm i'm here for a reason and i'm actually having value you know whether they take action or not that that's almost completely separate but that awareness that they get through the conversation, through the experience of that intimacy. Because you know people really want to know that they're not alone mm-hmm. in their suffering. They want to know that there's a way out. And they want to know that it's OK that they're feeling kind of sideways about stuff or confused about things. And the worst thing you can do as an expert who's helping a client or an audience is to talk down to them uh, and make them feel that, you know, what's wrong with you that you don't know that? Or, you know, I mean, I was helping a client just today with setting up their email. It's one of the most basic things, but they, for some reason, were just struggling with it. And I took the time to walk them through it. And I'm not an email expert. I know enough to be dangerous, but we got to a point where I was like, I think you might need to bring in the geek squad on this one. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those things where if, if we can create that kind of safe space, that intimacy that allows people to, you know, go, oh, OK, so I'm not crazy <laughs> or so I, you know, I can make this work. It's creating that sense of hope and knowing that you're responsible for not only creating the pathway, but walking with them side by side. And that's what I love to do with my clients. So, and I see that all through everything that you're doing, everything. That's so cool. Thank
2: you. Yeah, I love that. I, You know, I swim upstream on the leadership side of things, which I guess is a little creative in and of itself, but, you know, people tell you to have this separation with your team and the separation with the people you're serving, and I just don't buy it. I mean, I want Mm. everybody I work with to know that if you call me at 2 a.m. I show up with a shovel and I don't ask questions and I'm that guy. And, you know, people, wow, that's not sustainable. It is sustainable. You just have to love the process more than the end result.
0: Yeah. I I really appreciate that because I think especially in my world of the marketing, business development, customer experience, everything's about the end game. It's like you do something in order to have your client have a response, get paid, get a new engagement, whatever it is. And knowing that that there are opportunities of different ways for you to show up and create value without an expectation. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes someone who's really solid in who they are and they get the bigger picture, you know, and, and I get that in spades with you, my friend. Yeah,
2: thanks. I don't know. I don't know who taught me this. You've probably heard this as well, but have you ever seen somebody rank like have, do, and be as three words? And how most people believe, well, once I have this, then I can do this and I will become this. And mm-hmm. I think the people who really get out of the box and really love what they do realize that if I just be the best person I can be and be creative and niche and do all the right things, then I can do all these things and then have is just an automatic. It's it's flipping the model, yeah. but it's so needed.
0: Yeah. And, you know, not to get to. Um esoteric with it, but the state of being is also the mental and the emotional way we feel in that state. Mm -hmm. So it's like when I have a house and a car and the income and I can do what I want, then I can be happy, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like a state as well. And what that does is you can achieve that state of happy without all that other stuff. And when you get that, the other stuff just falls into place. And that's You know it's hard for us though because we're action oriented beings and we want to get out there and we've been taught you need to you know one and one is two and then you move the needle this way and you have to do these processes in order to make this happen and (laughs) we all get caught up in that (laughs)
2: yeah exactly
0: it's crazy it's crazy oh david this has been the best conversation i love the direction it went and i just want to ask you are there any words of inspiration around creativity, around thinking outside the box. I hate that cliche, but it's really captures what we're talking about here for a solopreneur to look at their business in a different way where they could maybe get inspired by what you've done by creating this community, by creating these events and doing these things that maybe they should take a look at. Like what is what are some of the things that they could do or think about that would be creative?
2: I'll tell you, like, from a from a how-to standpoint, I think all of us have, like, that s- happy place physically, creating an environment, like, get in it, and when you're there, find, you know, that's the place where you get to be most creative, and all those ideas that you have or that you wake up with at 2 in the morning, like, when you mm. wake up, jot them down, and if there's still yeah. a great idea to you, you know, 24 hours later, then just... Go for it. Stop listening yeah. to people who tell you what can't be and oh, just start yes. going for it. Like, what's the worst that could happen if you try yeah. something and it doesn't work? It's just, Yeah. We get and in our here's own way. The
0: other, I love that. Oh, we are always in our own yeah. way. And here's, here's what I want to add to that because that's beautiful. You, thank you for teeing me up so perfectly. <laughs> My add-on to that is don't worry about the how. How you're going to get it done what you're going to need in order to get done. Just stay in the moment and the energy of the idea. Allow it to wash over you. Allow it to kind of grow and evolve because these inspirations that we have as individual human beings come from places we can't really explain. And they're driven by a lot of our desires and who we are as aspirational beings. And creativity is more than the artsy creativity. Creativity is bringing something into reality that was never there before, whether it's something that's intangible or something that's tangible. So David, thank you for that. That is a great ending to our conversation. I would love to have you back and uh, talk more about what you're doing to progress Ignite DDS and these events in this community and how you're transforming the dental industry, because I truly believe that 10 years from now, it is not going to look what it look like, what it looks like today. So thank you for being that person, for being that leader for people and for being here with me today
2: oh thanks for having me appreciate you
0: well that's it for this episode thank you for joining me you know being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance resources and community to help drive your business vision the great news is that's exactly what you'll get with simplify and multiply
1: you've just listened to another episode of the simplify and multiply show with terry pappy If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.